welcome once again to Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? This is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I am tired. How are you, Phil? Um, yeah, I'm a little tired as well, because uh, a big thing we did, we'll talk more about it on the Dark Discussions podcast. Yeah, well, you you and I just got back from uh, Scaricon New England, which is the third Scaricon convention they've done in New England, and I think we're both really happy to see this was a huge success uh, compared to the last two years. Um, we did a bunch of uh, panels and Q&As, and <clears throat> at some point they'll be added to our podcast list. I think we came out with something like 10 or 11 hours worth of this stuff. Um, on also the, the fine folks at the Dorkening, uh, Leo Pond, Kevin Crook, uh, Yo-Yo, what was his last name now? Oh, uh, uh, I think it's Norman, isn't it? Yo-Yo Norman, right. Um, and James, I can't remember his last uh, yeah, name. Yeah, B- uh, Boulot. Like Boulot, yeah, James French guy. Yeah. Uh, James Ghostbuster. Um, you know, they, they set up cameras, they recorded everything, and all of that's going to be on the internet. Uh, a lot of good guests. Uh... <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of great guests. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I think by by all the podcasters that were there. See, work though, for, I mean not backbreaking, digging asphalt hard work, but you yeah, know. keeping everything straight um, and uh, making sure all the technology is working. Um, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and stuff like that. I mean, and I just, like, just things like I had forgotten my questions for David Naughton of American Werewolf in London. I had forgotten those at the table, and I, there was, like, one minute before his Q&A had started. I had to go get him back, and it wasn't until I, like, was walking into the the room to announce him that mm-hmm. I realized that's probably the first time I have run up and downstairs in, like, ten years. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we, we all helped each other out because... Uh, um, Melissa uh, um, Potter, um, and she's she's from a, another podcast too. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm forgetting it offhand. But she was doing, I think she was doing the Amy Steele um, po- um, panel, and someone had to get Amy Steele, and so she would text, instant messaged everybody, and whoever was closest to Amy Steele's table would go get her. So, so I, I was the one that happened to do that. So I just booked over there and I texted her back saying, okay, she's coming. Um, and so we were always working through uh, social media and texts and all that to co- coordinate things to make sure that everybody was available when, when you know they were needed. Because a lot of the, these people, like Tom Savini, for example, he was just talking to the fans and, and signing autographs and you know, and he's not looking at his watch every second of the the day, and so so uh, you know he, he almost forgot that his panel was at whatever time, and uh, so someone had to go tell him, and, and it would be one of us, and we would run up there and get him, and then he said, "Oh, sorry, all right, let's go down and do it." So, um, yeah, we we will definitely be talking more about this, but really, again, I always recommend if you can uh, go to some of these conventions, support some of the celebrities. I think all of the celebrities that were there that I interacted with were really good to the fans. We were next to Lynn Lowry of uh, the crazies and, uh, sugar, sugar cookies and sugar cookies. score and, a bunch of and, and very, very nice lady. Uh, was really nice to us. Very gracious, gracious to her fans. Uh, and 
and, and everyone, even Tom Savini, seemed like he was really being very good to his fans this weekend. So, uh, you know, go out and give them their business if, if you are a fan of them. I, I heartily recommend it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, explain what, what happened was uh, uh, this podcast. Uh, thank you for uh, coming and joining us to talk about Westworld. And so if you're looking for us on the Internet, besides searching for the, the feed on Stitcher, iTunes and Google Play, uh, we are also at darkdiscussions.com and under the Dark Discussions feed as well. And Dark Discussions is a podcast that where we discuss a horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thriller, techno, thriller, mystery, or midnight movie weekly, critique, and dissect, similar to what we do and on this podcast, here, the Westworld podcast, but uh, on a specific movie, usually. Um, and that's a weekly podcast. Um, so you may want to check that out if you like us here, uh, especially since uh, we do so many different types of films. Uh, I'm sure there's some films that we'll talk about that you would actually really like to hear some uh, discussion on. Um, now, uh, Eric, uh, before we continue on other things about this podcast and dark discussions, uh, you actually do many podcasts. <laughs> like, like <laughs> hundreds. You never said it that way before. It caught me off guard. Uh, yes, I do. One of the podcasts I do is a general interest podcast called The Escape. K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Nice. And Mike, uh, besides uh, dark discussions and Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. Uh, you and Eric also join me on other podcasts? Well, Eric also joins us on uh, You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, uh, which will hopefully be returning when Game of Thrones returns in 2019. And then you and I do Searching for American Gods, which hopefully will be returning when the Stars TV series American Gods returns, also reportedly in 2019. That's right. That's right. And uh, actually, I do another podcast where I review a bunch of uh, boutique label discs called Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. And uh, this episode will be a themed episode of five boutique label discs uh, related to the LGBTQ uh, community, because that is the, uh, the month that Pride Month is this month. So I said, hey, why not make it a theme uh, film? So uh uh, five films about lesbians, basically. Uh, so we'll do that this month. You are you're, you're so very progressive, Phil. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I was trying not to comment. Yeah. Well, well, to be honest, most of them are, are pretty much more art house films rather than um, midnight movies. So mm -hmm. it's it's more stuff like, uh, example would be, um, I haven't watched it yet, but I will be, which is the uh, Blue is the Warmest Color. So I'll be uh, reviewing that one among four other art house LGBTQ films. Very good. Yes. Um, and then uh, we mentioned uh, darkdiscussions.com is the website. Is uh, a bunch of stuff on there? There is. Uh, you can find every single episode of anything we've put out on the website under the audio section. Uh, that includes Dark Discussions as well as the spinoff podcasts. There's also an article section where you can find articles that have been written by myself as well as others. And there's also a link on the front page that goes to our Patreon account. Patreon is a service that allows you to financially support your online artists, such as podcasters. If you'd like to support us in our endeavor to put out this podcast, which is uh, 
something that does cost money, uh, you can go to that link or you can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions. And for every $5 a month you care to donate, we will give you an opportunity to submit a topic for us to possibly cover, uh, which are drawn on a quarterly basis. For more details, you can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions or follow the link on the front page of dark discussions dot com. Very good, very good. Um, now let's, oh, and, and focus on Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group where we are talking a lot about Westworld. And of course, you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com to give your opinions of any episodes or anything related to Westworld. Um, so, uh, let's see. Anything anybody wanted to bring up about you know, news related to Westworld, to science fiction? Not today. What about you, Mike? Anything? Not that I can think of. Yeah, myself either. I, I, I haven't seen anything in the news. As Mike mentioned, me and him were more focused on uh, horror uh, movies because of uh, the convention we just uh, attended. And uh, Eric pretty much summed it up. There it really just hasn't been anything um, of note, to be honest. Um, all right. So anything else anybody wanted to bring up? Uh, about anything before we uh, discuss tonight's episode. Well, let's get into it. All right. Sounds good. All right. So uh, what we got here is, um, again, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast to discuss uh, weekly each episode of the season two of Westworld, HBO's original series. Uh, the last episode that came out was June 17th, 2018, and it was called Vanishing Point, uh, directed by uh, Stephen Williams uh, and written by uh, Roberto Patino. Uh, this was episode nine of season two or episode 19 of the entire show. Um, basically, uh, some information about Stephen Williams, the director. He's a Canadian um, most of his work has been television, uh, and he was a regular director, it says here on Wiki, uh, on the ABC's drama or science fiction show, Lost. Uh, he also directed um, Crossing Jordan, uh, as I said, Lost, um, Walking Dead. Anybody want to bring up what they think the title Vanishing Point means before we... Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you that. Yeah, I, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, my, myself as well. What about you, Mike? You have any idea what fantasy point or how it uh, fits in with what we got here? Um, my, my I'm just double checking this, but my thing, um, if I remember my ninth grade art class with Mrs. Cook, <laughs> I know where you go with this. Is uh, doing is when you're doing a, a perspective drawing. That the vanishing point is the point in the distance where, like, all of your, oh yeah, uh, all your parallel lines would, yeah, would straight lines, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm just looking here and double and just trying to verify that that's what I'm I'm thinking. Uh, uh, there's a point on the image plane of a perspective drawing where the two dimensional perspective projections of parallel lines in three dimensional space appear to converge. So right, so it's where does you know where where does the geometry converge on a on a perspective painting or drawing? Yes. Um, back. I still don't understand how it applies to this episode. I, I I have two different ideas. So the main thought is that, and it's a point of if a vanishing point is a point of convergence. 
Uh, we have been talking about this season, the door and the valley beyond. And this week they refer to the forge. And this seems to be the basically referring to the door and the vanishing point. So these are all these storylines are going to be converging there. So I think I think main thing they're talking about. Okay. Um, but there are also some characters uh, on the vanishing aspect. There's, there are some characters who lose themselves in this episode. Hmm, okay. Uh, and I'm wondering if that has something to do with it. Hmm. Because, in fact, I could argue we've we are we were left with the impression of losing one, two, three. Wait, one, two. For sure, three maybe. Three, yeah, three characters, four characters maybe. This episode. Now, they we they may not actually be gone. And they may just be gone for the season, which is only one more episode. Uh, there's no reason they can't return because somebody died last season and came back this season. Any anything else you wanted to bring up about Vanishing Point? Anyone? No, I think this was a good episode. Uh, and I'll talk to you next week. Huh. All right, so yeah, let's do a roundtable and discuss what we thought about this. So, like, Eric, why don't you start? Uh, um, you know. I didn't think it was a bad episode. I realized after last week that what I would really enjoy is a spin-off series uh, called Storytime with Akichita, uh, where Zan McLernan uh, just tells a story in Lakota every week. Uh, that, that's what I'd really enjoy. But <laughs> this episode uh, tied some stuff up, uh, had some dramatic uh, climaxes of particular storylines, uh, some drastic consequences, and uh, sets up our final confrontation for the final episode. So I think uh, as far as the entire arc goes, it uh, did what it was supposed to do as far as moving things forward. All right, very good. Yeah, um, I, I would disagree with that statement about the, the last se- week's episode, I felt it didn't fit with the rest of the season. Um, it was almost like they decided, oh, oh, uh, let's, oh make let's, Admiral, awesome. let's make Admiral Akbar now suddenly the lead of Star Wars. You know, it, it just felt weird. Um, but, yeah, I guess it was a good good, good episode last week, but I, again, I, I prefer following my regular would it, characters. Would it be a like fair statement to say you appreciated it as a story in and of itself, but didn't care for it as part of the Westworld series because you wanted more of the plot. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, okay. I, I, think I said that too and when we discussed that last week, so that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. But, and and I, 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 get, I get what you're saying. I'm saying I enjoyed that storytelling methodology. I'd like to see more of it uh, even separated from Westworld. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, this episode was, was okay. Uh, it wasn't Fantastic, because I, I I don't know if I'm liking where they're going with the man in black, but but all in all, yeah, I think Eric sums it up perfect. So yeah, you know, it, it's it's decent. Uh, Mike, yeah, I uh, I'm going to preface it by saying that uh, I was really tired trying to watch it last night. Uh, the adrenaline from the convention had crashed by this, and I. I just gotten home uh, about an hour before, uh, and I didn't have a whole lot of sleep between Saturday and Sunday. 
And so I was having trouble staying. I don't know how much of that is me and how much of that was the episode. I did not particularly care for the episode. The uh, I don't I, I don't know if I'll say it was it was bad. I don't know if I would say it was was good either. Um, and definitely for me, a rewatch is in order when I'm a little bit more with it, just to give it a, a more fair evaluation. And I'm going to be watching rewatching this season anyway, so that's going to happen one way or another. But I didn't feel the the different story arcs gelled too well. There were uh, there were moments that felt really bad, overwritten. I didn't like the voiceover stuff early on. Uh, a little bit too much melodrama or crossover from drama to melodrama. Um, it, it, it moves some story arcs forward, but I'm not sure, again, where it's going. I, I, I don't know. It, it just felt to me like it stalled where it should have been building up momentum to the final episode. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I disagree in certain manners, but we'll need to throw out the spoiler flag before we get there. Yeah. Let me ask you this before we throw up the spoiler flag and get into details. Um, what do you think so far? Because, I mean, now we what, we have only one episode left. And do you think, besides episode seven, where there was some big moments, um, I, I don't know if this season is as dramatic and going to have the big bang that, last season did, because I, if I'm not mistaken, didn't last season's last four episodes all feel uh, more bigger, bigger in a sense? Well, I don't know about bigger. I think last season, it probably was a bigger sense of relief as to finally understanding what the fuck is going on. Whereas this season hasn't been, I mean, certainly as deep as it was last season. And so there's not that overwhelming sense of, oh, that's what's going on. It's like, oh, okay, that's what's going on. Uh, <laughs> right. I think last season, I, I said before, it was a, there was a puzzle that we didn't know was a puzzle, right? Um, so in other words, we didn't know William and Lavitz in person unless you followed Reddit. Um, so you didn't know you were dealing with, like, three different timelines. And, and again, let's... You know, those people who actually did figure it out, God bless them. But most of us had no clue. And this time, what I'm finding amazing is almost everyone I've talked to online or in person who watches the show is lost. They they, they don't they, they are having trouble following the multiple timelines. And I don't understand why that's the case because we know there's multiple timelines. It seems a lot more straightforward than last season. It, it does to me. And yeah. I don't. I'm. I mean, I'm not going to come out and say, "Well, you know, those people are just stupid." I, and it may just be because I'm watching every, well, almost every episode twice before we do the podcast on it, and mm -hmm. then we're talking them through. And so we, maybe I'm forcing myself to watch it with uh, more focus than other people. Or I, I don't know. It's it's a common enough problem that I can't say it's no just one or. I don't remember if it was for Variety or who it was wrote a review of the, the season or the an episode, and they, you know they said you know they don't understand the character what the characters want. I was like, every fucking episode, Maeve is this was the episode where Maeve gets her daughter that they mm -hmm. were reviewing, and right. every episode said like, Maeve's getting to her daughter. Uh, it's like Dolores is trying to find the weapon and get and get his her father, and 
and, and uh, the man in black wants to find the door. I mean, it's explicitly spelled out for each of the three main story arcs what well, the characters and, do it. The only and, one where history is maybe Bernard. And to that point, that, and that was going to be what I was going to circle back around to, but you set me up perfectly here. Uh, you, you were talking about you, you don't understand uh, why things move forward the way they did, or you don't understand wh- where they're, they're pushing towards. I think for many of the characters, particularly Dolores, uh, the man in black in, uh, in particular, um, now, th- at least for those two particular characters, this quest for whatever they call it, the, the door, uh, the forge, uh, the valley beyond, whatever the hell, everybody calls it something different, but it's all the same thing. And for the man yes. in black and Dolores, it's all they have left. Yes. Uh, they have lost everything else, and this is their singular reason for being at this point, giving them much higher stakes and how it turns out. So I think that was part of the purpose of this episode. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think another problem is that I don't mind an episode like last week, where you you step aside and like you had you know shows like the X Files. They they would occasionally do an episode where you would. Uh, tell a story about mm-hmm. Skinner, or you tell a story about the lone gunman. Mm-hmm. I don't mind episodes like that. Right. But now you have two episodes that felt very flashback heavy um, mm-hmm. and background heavy. As you're as the 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 ultimate uh, the penultimate and uh, antepenultimate episodes of the season, and that to me has drained a little bit of the momentum. Getting to the last episode, we were concerned. If I remember correctly, we were concerned that the last episode of Westworld would not wrap things up satisfactorily uh, in the first season. And they stuck the land. Mm-hmm. And I have, it's possible they won't do it this time, but you know, I'm dealing with a little bit more faith mm-hmm. uh, that they're going to do it. And, but there is a lot there to wrap up. It's a daunting task, and I'm curious to see if they can. But of course, unlike last time, they do know there's going to be a third season. Right. So, so they have a little last, more leeway for uh, for leaving a cliffhanger, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, all right. So, honestly, if you ask me to explain the stories of the man in black and all these people, I I don't know if I can do it uh, intelligently. Uh, to be honest, um, I'm guessing. Some I can of, do it. Do you, do you want me to summarize the story of the man in black? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Here is the story of the man in black. Uh, once upon a time, there was a young man named William who was a nice boy. Uh, then he got or, involved with this girl who was rich. Or he and, thought he was a nice boy. And, uh, and their family was involved in this business. And his uh, soon-to-be brother-in-law took him to Westworld, where he discovered that he enjoys some things that are not so nice. Uh, ever since then, he's realized this about himself, but has hidden it from everybody around him. However, forgetting all the while that every time he visited the park, they were collecting information on him too. So, his behaviors and, and patterns are being collected along with everybody else's. So, at one point, uh, Ford gets all of his data. Summary, and- he's a massive dick. Right. Uh, he likes to do very, very bad things. And he's hidden this from everybody outside of Westworld, and the only place he shows this side of himself is in Westworld. So one night when his wife is drunk, uh, 
he has this card that Ford gave him at the bar and goes to hide it thinking his wife has passed out and says some things to her about the stain on his, on his person. And she's not asleep. She's actually awake and paying attention to everything he says. Um, and then, uh, when he leaves the room, she gets up and grabs his card with his profile on it and looks at it and sees all the shitty, shitty, horrible things he has done in Westworld when he thought it was looking and then commits suicide. And he's had to live with that ever since then. Now, let me ask you this, though. I, and, and this is the thing is that all the, all right, maybe the stuff that he's done with, um, the, the project that you mentioned, Eric, where, where he's, he's trying mm-hmm. to take, people's you know brains or, or whatever um, programs and put them in a host and see if he can make them live on forever that may be considered unethical I, I don't know I, I mean we mm-hmm. don't know but the, all the stuff that he does in Westworld stuff that he's doing to video game characters yeah Phil you gotta, you gotta let this go you really well, gotta let this go I, I, in this case he He's done nothing illegal, unethical, immoral, horrible. Uh, people anything. would argue with unethical. You, you, not, you, not, not to, to, to video game characters. You, people you, would argue that if you have the compulsion to do those things, you're unethical. Uh, chaotic evil thief in Dungeons & Dragons must be a scumbag because they... And there are them. people who say those things. Right, and, and that's, that's not doing true. It, and that's doing it to imaginary characters who are not physical flesh and blood beings in front of you right right but but these are everybody he knows i mean he's one of the owners so he knows how the robots are created he's seen them created so it's not like uh, a third party like me you or eric who goes but, there but no, this is why you but, got, here i'm going to interject here right. uh you see the culmination of this fellow in this episode which is that this has corrupted his soul to the point where he's lost all touch with reality and at the at the end of this episode he kills actual human beings because he's gotten so used to it in the park he's become convinced that this is all part of killing a bunch of actual human beings but up to but when the point when his wife looks at the card he hasn't done that yet right not yet but it's a progression it's it's a pattern of behavior, right? And, and, you and, and that's what she's absolutely disgusted with. And you got to remember because she says to him at one point in one of the in one of the interactions um, that uh, she was surrounded by all these phonies, and, um, but then has realized since then that he was just the only phony who was good at faking it. And, and what that, is, he, that is the ultimate proof of that when she sees this profile on him uh, showing all the horrible, horrible things he does in the park when he thinks nobody's looking. But what does that have to do with her specifically? Because he, it seems like he's been a good husband to her based off of how the daughter looks at their marriage. Mm, I disagree. They, they mentioned that... So this is part of my problem is that I don't think they showed anything significant in this episode in that flashback, right? Um, that they didn't already mention in his when they they gave his history in the one of the last couple of episodes last season, mm-hmm. and which was that his he says his you know he was pretending, but his wife always knew who he was. Well, and here's the thing: I agree, and I think a lot of this episode was. 
Um, I, I don't want to be rude about this. I'm not trying to be mean. Uh, but there's some people who who have who who don't get some stuff about, about Westworld yet. People who don't obsess over it and watch it every right. Talk about it for two hours on a podcast. Exactly. And some of them don't understand wh- why she killed herself. And this episode was just to uh, show them that so they could fully understand once and for all. I mean, they've given it flashes here and there uh, throughout the series, but this shows that whole story of that night and why she killed herself. And, 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 and you know what? I don't think it's it's a, a good enough explanation or... Uh, uh, is any, there a good enough explanation for anybody killing themselves? Well, at least in this case, absolutely well, not, in my opinion, because I, don't, I still don't see how... At that point, based off of everything I know about him at that point, it's just the stuff that he did in the park, how any of that has to do with his marriage with her, because... It doesn't have to do with her marriage, it has to do with who he is as a person. And and she's also an addict, she's also a drunk, she's also, you know, she's not in her right frame of mind. Her daughter has just threatened to send her off to an institution. Right, so we know she's already damaged, because even the daughter... So, right, so... She's unstable, and then she watches her husband, I'm assuming, drag the Lord, because if you watch the screen, they, they show that first scene from the first episode. Yeah, they show Dolores her husband, into the barn. Yep. drag Dolores into the barn, where yeah. most of us assume that he assaulted her. And the difference, again, between this being a video game character and not being a video game character is... I've never played Rabbit Death's Auto. I don't know if you get to rape somebody, but if you do, I imagine you push the rape. That's a very different thing than, and remember, they mentioned that these characters in Westworld, the modern, the new models, are built out of living tissue. So he is grabbing a woman who is kicking and screaming. He can feel her in his hand. He is holding on here, can, can feel the warmth of her body, rips her clothes off, takes his pants off, and feels himself inside of her. Okay, while he's violating part, it's just a machine. Uh, you know, there is a psychological, there has to be a psychological difference. And certainly to the wife watching him do that, I can't imagine the wife watching him do that says, eh, she's not a real person. Well, that's a fair point, because even if it was, he wasn't raping her and he was just having sex with robots or. Or well, even, even, even or, 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 putting your hand around someone's or, throat or stabbing or, someone in the. Uh, or even if he was having sex with um, blow-up dolls, that I think would be enough to disturb someone. Because yeah, if you, if you come home and your spouse is having sex with blow-up dolls, that's pretty bizarre. At least I would think so. So yeah, all right, that makes sense. So if she he's having sex with robots, whether it's violent or not. That makes it. That's a fair point too, because it's like, why are you having sex with these robots? Never mind the fact, right, that he's he's probably sexually assaulting robots as well. Um, well, so, there's also the fact that when she's watching these videos, she might not understand that they're robots. They don't have a sign on their head that says "I am a robot." You know, uh, has she well, ever we been know she, We don't. We don't. We don't know. Uh, uh, so, so, yeah, because so yes, you can't be sure watching a video whether it's a robot or a person. Whether she's been to, to Westworld, I don't know, but the daughter knows how to speak uh, the Lakota language. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so, 
I'm assuming that that he took his family there at some point uh, and, and made enough of an impression that the daughter wanted to learn the the language of the Native Americans that he himself never bothered. Which which is okay because there's people that go to Europe and work in Europe and never learn the language of the host nation. But the, but, but but the point being, Phil, is that she they, the family has probably been there before. Okay. So she's got some. So she had probably has some perspective as to this. And if it hasn't okay. been Westworld specifically. It's been Rod's world and or Samurai World or Pleasure Palace World or whatever it's going to be. Fair enough. Right. Yeah. All right. That looks at it that way, or and whatnot would would have issues with it, especially someone that is, as you mentioned, possibly mentally ill and and a drunk, Mike. So. Um, that's a fair point. And yeah, and if that person that's doing these things, even if it's to what I consider robots, it still could be considered, um, I guess, scary to find out that you know is doing things that is bizarre. It's I guess you could say it's like someone well, you walk in, 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 into a room and your your husband's masturbating to porn, and you, and your wife and your wife that's like. <laughs> I, I think oh it's, God, he's, I can't believe he's doing this. I, I think it's a, it's a little a little deeper than that in that uh, she suspects that he is a bad person and has always been hiding that he is a bad person, and this is confirmation. Um, okay. Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I would, yeah. I would state that. He's he's definitely a bad person the moment he kills those people. Even though you could argue he's mentally ill at that point. No, I see, well, and, and, and so I'm not sure I would I would agree with that because at this point when he murders those people, first of all he's not in his right frame of mind. Right, that's that's what I mean. he, I he has said. been. He is he is seriously wounded. I didn't say mentally ill. I said he is seriously wounded. He has been shot. He has probably had blood loss. I didn't see anybody adding more blood to him. Um, he is convinced because of the games that Ford has played with him that he's not dealing with real people. He didn't kill people in his mind. He thought they were hosts. Right, therefore he's mentally ill. No. Uh, and, and even if... Oh, so no, he might, I don't know, I'm saying he might be mentally ill, but... It does, but just shooting the robots doesn't make it, the the people doesn't make him mentally ill if he doesn't know that they're not robots. No, but but the fact that he got to that point where he is told that they are people and still shoots them. Well, because he does, he's mentally ill. Because they already kind of established earlier that he obsessive personality disorder. And, and here's sure. the yes, thing. Absolutely. Here's the thing is that he describes his own uh, mental illness as a stain um, and says his wife is the only one that's been able to see it, and he always uh, had control of how much shown through. Uh, that's that's not an exact quote, but it's pretty close. It's a, it's a paraphrasing of, of words that he's control of how much he lets uh, come through, and I think at this point, He's just all stain. He he has no filter on it anymore. Um, uh, for uh, 
I think I just go back for a second. Uh, Mike, uh, there is no um, rape in Grand Theft Auto. Just for heads up for folks who are wondering. Uh, the point being, it's very, it's a very different thing pushing a button uh, in a game, and you know, it's it's, a, it's just a different. There's a you know, we've all done uh, terrible things that would be terrible things if it was if it was in real life in video games. Even if you're playing the hero of the story, or Dungeons you know, and Dragons, or yeah, right, you you have you have butchered a lot of people, and you know people who have been in war, you know, it takes a toll. You know, nobody comes back from war going, "Oh man, all those Nazis were evil." I feel so great about people I killed. No, we're all right, all right. So, but yes, he he is definitely in a deranged state. I don't think that that I don't think the shooting the people is made is what has made him deranged. I think it's the no, it's the result of his being deranged. It's yes. right. Uh, but I'm, I'm saying he didn't knowingly kill people. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with that statement. He didn't knowingly kill people. The reason he killed people is because he he was he deranged he just, enough to think they were robots. He can't tell. He can't tell what's real and what isn't anymore. Exactly. And yes. I, but I but I do think part of that is is he believes Ford is fucking with him. Right. Right. He, he probably thinks this yes. game is about him. Well, because he was told it was. <laughs> but he doesn't even have to care. I, I still don't understand why he's even in here. If you're the CEO, you can just go back home and run the company. Why does he have to do it? He needs because to win, Phil. He needs to win. So that so he's mentally ill, then. He's, he's insane. Yes. We've established this. <laughs> right. That's right. And I agree with you, Ari. It's Mike that's trying to say that it's maybe not. No, he's on board now, too. He was just no, it's not that on board. It's he's like disagreeing saying, on our, our angle of reasoning. No, I just thought I was disagreeing with Phil saying, he, you know, he, you know, he's ill once he kills those people. It's like it's not he didn't know he was killing people. Um, you know, no, I was not, saying I would think thought he was ill before that. Yes, but I also think I'm not sure how much it's mental illness and how much is just delusion from from the injuries he's suffering. You know, how much is that? I mean, he's already a little unhinged, right? But but now he's is he delusional because he's mentally unhinged, or is he delusional because he's in pain and he's delirious? Right. You know, and, and it's probably in reality a combination of the two. Now, I was thinking about this at, when this scene happened, and I was thinking, could people in Westworld, when they're fighting the host back in season one before everything went haywire, could they turn the gun at a person and mistakenly kill a human being? Because to take guns and kill human beings... It, it also, including with the pistol, that was a Westworld pistol. Are, are you talking about at the gala? Uh, no, I'm at, the, at the gala, things changed. Prior to the gala, because I believe uh, they've never actually gotten into this. Well, I, no, uh, I don't specific, mean, let, let me finish my thought. No, please. But I think you misunderstood my. Oh, go ahead. Let him finish. Right. So I, I don't think they've ever specifically gotten into this in the series. In the movie for Westworld, they explain as guns that detect whether somebody is a human or not uh, by by detecting body heat. They haven't described the mechanism of how that's detected in the series, but it gets changed by Ford uh, during during the unveiling of his new storyline, quote-unquote, uh, where uh, humans start reading as hosts. So I, I think at that point, whatever the mechanism is that prevents the, the safeguard that prevents people from being shot is just completely shut off. Whether and, it's human and, or robot shooting right. at them. 
Right. So so whoever has the gun, it doesn't matter. Uh, at that point, starting with the gala, anybody can get shot. Okay. Yeah, there, 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 there's a lot of magic stuff going on in with the guns that I don't know if anyone's figured out how they work. It's probably somebody on Reddit. But the main thing is that it's the same gun, and the gun fire. Like in the movie, the gun would not fire if you pointed at a person. In the show, we've seen that if you point the gun at somebody and pull the trigger, the same bullet that or action that killed a host, quote-unquote killed a host, will basically shoot you know, something a little bit worse than a paintball at a person. Yeah, it'll hurt. It'll it'll sting, but it won't kill. But it'll, it'll sting. Um, but they do, <laughs> they do, they do mention, you know, that you can I, shoot your eye out though. They don't, yes. they don't explain that either. Right. But they do. Well, yeah, I mean, that's again, it's whatever the writers feel like addressing. It's, you have to, to right. some so, degree, you have to buy into it. So, so the, so the gala wasn't just opening up robots to shoot and kill humans. It was opening up the guns, by anybody to shoot, you know, that could kill humans now. Right. I think a lot of people forget that Ford has control over everything, right? And so... So, Mike, you had an excellent question. He he removed the safety protocols. But you may have an excellent question last week, which is that, yeah, I mean, uh, Shogun World, it's all bows and and swords. There's no way to prevent that. And there's never been an explanation on that one. Right. Right. And, 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 and to quote uh, Peter David, writer of stuff, uh, I'm the writer, and it won't. Ha- it's not going to happen because I don't want it to. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So sorry for that tangent, but it was I was getting all confused there when that happened because I always thought it was robots couldn't shoot humans, and it wasn't the gun. But you're right; it's the gun. Uh, uh, yeah. Originally, it was, but. Yeah, it got changed. Right now, I now for, correct me if I'm wrong though. Wasn't he? You, what gun was he? What did, what gun did he use to kill? He, he, yeah, he used both. He Ooh, used he. he used a rifle. The the man in black. Who are we talking about? Okay. The man, the man in, black, in black. He used to kill <laughs> the soldiers. He, he used um, their gun. Their gun to kill the soldiers, and then he used the pistol to kill his daughter. Right. Okay. So he used so, both. he used a, yeah. a gun from outside of the world. And then he used a gun inside the world, and they both were effective in killing people. Well, I imagine the security guards, especially now, would be armed with gun guns. Because you don't, yeah, that's you don't exactly. want to. So right. it makes sense that he could kill them. But when he shot his daughter, that's where I was confused, because he didn't use those guns. He actually mm-hmm. used a fake gun that is now able to kill people because of the Ford technology, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so. As you, as you can see, this this is uh, I'm all stressed out because that's why I'm interrupting and confused and you, going. you are stressed out and I don't understand why. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just interesting. It's just interesting Think, things that I'm, I'm thinking about. That I'm like he was all, thinking about Lynn Lowry while he was watching the movie. No, <laughs> so that would calm me down. So this, you know, so oh. okay. all right. So so the man in black they're establishing as a dirt bag, even though. Until this point, he hasn't necessarily done anything illegal. He's just an unethical scumbag. Yes. Yeah, and and they also established that nobody knows what's happening to them, right? That they don't. That this isn't a case like James Delos, who signed on to be in this program voluntarily. James Delos. He wasn't. He wasn't signed on to do it, was he? Oh, sure. Yeah. He was. Oh, he was. Okay. He wanted to be immortal. 
Gotcha. Okay. Right, because he because when he, when he talks about him, it's like, or you know, he reveals to him that this is the program. And maybe not immortal, but he certainly wanted to beat his cancer or whatever it was that was killing him. Gotcha. Right, and but the whole with the hat band, right? The reveal that the hats have been you know, registering your brain waves as well as your. <laughs> Which, by the way, is really dumb. It is stupid <laughs> because there's so many characters in don't the wear show that don't wear hats. Like all the women that go in weren't wearing cowboy hats necessarily, and. And in, in Shogun world, I mean, they're not wearing hats, you know, except maybe helmets. Well, they're, but there's right. other things to do. There, there could be other things, and I'd have to. But, but I'd want to go back you have to admit, I know. I want to go back and take a look and see how many people are wearing hats and how many aren't. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to get everything, but it's going to get something. And that's the thing they make you do before you walk out: is you pick a hat, black or white. Well, okay, that, that's a fair point. That that is part of your costume. Mm-hmm. And they can't, it's not like they're they're trying to do this on the down low, so they can't say, hold on a second, we're going to strap this device to your head. <laughs> so they're not going to get everything, but they'll get some things. And I have a feeling being out in the, because I don't think it's rained there yet, um, being out in that hot sun all day, I imagine a lot of people will be wearing hats for a good portion of the time. Yeah, all right, that's a so, fair point. Yeah. I still think it's kind of dumb. It, uh, is, it is kind of fair. What about the, <laughs> the the bonnet? Would the bonnet have it too? You think? Yes, I would imagine it would. would have it too. Yeah. yeah. Or a head or a headband, or you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I imagine it would have different costumes. Would have different things depending on what the person was doing. But, but but you know, if you live in California or Florida or Nevada, I don't. I mean, I've I've been to those places, and most people still aren't wearing hats. But they're not Westworld. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we don't know if the if the project extends to the other parts or not. That too. Um, so ba- basically, just to tie up the Man in Black storyline for the week, uh, we get all these flashbacks about uh, his relationship with his wife and his daughter, and why his wife committed suicide. And his daughter finds has found him in the park and saved him from Ghost Nation, uh, but is now interrogating him about uh, his relationship with her with her mother. Uh, and why he's what he's doing in the park, and he at one point becomes convinced uh, that she is not his actual daughter; that she is a host, and this is all part of Ford's game. All right, and, can I interject for a second? Because I want to give Mike credit because I think Mike, you kind of stated that that's the reason why he left her three episodes ago was because he didn't believe that she was. Uh, his daughter, and you and thought it was a host. And I think you brought that up. Well, he wanted... said it. Did he? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so, <laughs> so, uh, so he's convinced that she is not a person; that she is a host, uh, and, and is uh, convinced that right about the same moment that a rescue team arrives from the Mesa. Because uh, she fired off a flare for rescue, and the team arrives, and the, the I don't know, they're not soldiers. What are they? I'm gonna call they, them I, soldiers for lack of a better. I word. think they're stubs people. Yeah, That's so the security guys. We'll call them security guys. The security guys show up with their automatic weapons, and they they scan uh, the man in black and and find that he is inhuman. Then they scan the daughter. We never see her scan. But we're assuming she's human. Uh, and then uh, the man in black says to one of the security dudes, Haha, Ford, 
he never saw this one coming and grabs the guy's automatic weapon and mows down all the security guys. And his daughter is gassed and he says, what are you thinking? Those are real people. And then he's like, ah, you can't fool me with your game. And then she's like, no, I can prove it to you. And she goes to reach for something and he pulls his other gun out and shoots her down. Uh, and then goes, and it looks like he's about to cut open her arm to prove that she's a host, and then sees the card of his profile in her dead hand um, and realizes what he's just done, uh, killing his own daughter. Let me ask you this, hmm. because he never cut her arm, so we we still don't know. And the card doesn't say uh, Man in Black's program. It, 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 well, it's know, not like everybody was walking around with one of these things. Yeah, all right, all right. And she, she had just mentioned it to him, and that's why he thought she was a host, is because he was like, I never told anybody about that. There's no way you can know about that. Ford had Ford right. knew about it, and just gave himself away by having you mention it. Right. So, uh, when we saw in the flashback that what actually happened is that uh, her mother had taken a profile card and put it in a little jewelry box that she'd had engraved for her uh, that she had originally thrown in the trash because she was mad at her mom, but apparently her mom picked it out of the trash and still had it in her room. So she put the profile card in the engraved jewelry box with her daughter's name on it, so at some point she got that box and found the card in it. Right. So the man in black realizes that he just killed his own daughter, and uh, it kind of goes off the deep end understandably, uh, but he like wanders out into the prairie and has this moment where he's uh, doubting everything and puts a gun to his head and, and is like, did I even ever, did I ever have a choice? Are my choices even mine? And then holsters the gun um, and takes out his knife and starts to cut into his own arm to see whether or not he's a robot. And that's where we leave the man in black. Right. So, uh, I'm assuming he's not a robot. If he is, then this... I I don't even know what's going to happen if he is. Uh, But I'm assuming he's not, and that somehow he's going to survive his own self-mutilation and end up at uh, the Forge. Right. Now, is he a chicken for not shooting himself, or is he getting a moment of... Clarity. I think it's clarity. Myself. I think he's fucking crazy right now. Uh, he doesn't know what's real and what's not. He just killed his own daughter by accident and has no grip on reality at this point. Well, I think that's pushed him over the edge. Yeah. If, right. Whatever whatever little bit of him was, was clinging on to reality, uh, all these events coinciding together has kind of pushed him over. Um, I don't know if it was as... I kind of wish we had more between the two of them because I would have felt more of an emotional impact to him killing his daughter. Exactly. I I, I had no emotion at all when they killed her off because we really just, I mean, they should have had this character just like the native American ghost nation guy from last week, continuously as bigger characters throughout the two past two seasons, because otherwise I have no, no attachment to the character at all. No, I hear you. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. So, I mean, I agree. I, I understood the impact of the scene and why right. it's important, but I, I did not have an emotional reaction either. 
So I was like, well, he just killed his own daughter. That's fucked up. Uh, but I didn't have an, any attachment to her or, quite frankly, him either. So, yeah. Right. So, other storylines going on. Um, let's see. Who should we hit next? There's, uh, oh, let's hit Charlotte real quick. Uh, we see at the beginning of the episode that they had successfully uh, replicated the part of Maeve's code that is allowing her to control other hosts. And they have uh, kind of... <laughs> uh, uh, oh, God damn it, I can't remember her name. Clementine. Which no, Clementine, that's right. I was going to say yeah. your favorite, Phil. Because uh, we thought we were dead. We thought she was dead, too, right? Uh, last she time we saw her, she had been shot repeatedly. Yeah. Uh, but as we know, that doesn't necessarily mean the host is permanently out of commission. So uh, they've kind of weaponized her and put this code in her and uh, in a form that she can deliver command as an executable payload is the way they phrase it. Uh, in other words, it's a little program uh, that she can transmit to the other hosts. So basically they, they uh, run an experiment with this and have her on one side of a glass wall and a bunch of hosts on the other side of the glass wall and uh, she emits this command that causes them all to kill each other. Um, and so now I believe their plan is to head out into Westworld with Charlotte um, to do this to all the hosts they run into. And I anticipate that she will have a moderate amount of success, and that's how we end up with a lake full of bodies. <laughs> Oh, good call. Or I didn't even think that. Yeah, that Clementine is the one that's going to kill them all. Yeah, I'm sorry. I said Charlotte. I meant Clementine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, who, so. who the hell is Charlotte? Oh, yeah, the yeah I said though. Charlotte when I meant yeah. Clementine. Right, right. Yeah, I got you. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, um, I knew who you were talking about, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I anticipate that will happen next week, uh, and that's really all we see of Charlotte. Uh, but in that same kind of uh, inside the Mesa host storyline, uh, we also have a moment where Bernard, with his uh, Ford cargo, <laughs> uh, gets to Maeve's room and can't get in, but Ford says it's close enough and is able to... I don't quite know how he does it, but he, he basically... Uh, Ford manifests himself for Maeve. Uh, so Maeve can see him, but the tech working on her can't. Oh, oh, what what do they call that? They call it last uh, mesh. Wasn't it the mesh? The mesh network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Uh, yeah. So he takes a little hop on the mesh network and and manifests himself for Maeve. Uh, and I thought this was actually this was actually kind of a sweet scene uh, because he actually tells her that she's his favorite, which is, uh, I mean. I mean, in for all intents and purposes, in this world for the hosts, Ford is God. Um, so can you imagine being there and having God show up and tell you that you're his favorite? <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Uh, but he tells me that, that she's his favorite and that he meant for her, and this is confirmation of uh, what I've been convinced of the whole time, but if anybody had any lingering doubts... Uh, they're blown out of the water with this uh, monologue from Ford because he, he explicitly spells out that his intention uh, and his, the way he coded Maeve was to leave the park and go out into the real world, and he did not anticipate that she would stick around 
uh, and turn around and go to protect her daughter. And uh, that even makes her even more awesome in his eyes. Uh, So he basically tells her that he loves her and gives her a kiss on the forehead, which is really weird because he's incorporeal. Um, But then uh, he disappears, and at that moment, uh, we see on the tablet hooked up to Maeve that her core functionality is unlocked. And I don't know exactly what that means, but given that she could already control other hosts, uh, (laughs) I can't imagine how much more powerful she can get. Uh, but apparently it's happening somehow. <laughs> and, uh, I also imagine it will give her the ability to move because she seems like she's been pretty much uh, decommissioned at this point. I'm assuming by the tech uh, has shut off uh, all of her m- motor f- functions. Uh, we see her eyes moving, but that's about it. Uh, and I imagine somehow she's going to be able to gain the ability to move again. And somehow... Uh, keep living, even though she's been, well, uh, for lack of a better term, partially flayed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Because flay, I mean, she's unable to do, I mean, I guess she's technically, you could, I don't know if she's paralyzed but, or yeah, what. What I don't understand is whether she's incapacitated because of her injuries or incapacitated because the tech made her incapacitated. Right, right, or 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 even is she possibly malfunctioning too? Right, because even when uh, what's his face, um, the English guy found her, she wasn't speaking or, or anything at that point either. Well, because she's been shut up. Right. So she could be in some sort of um, program coma or because, something. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm saying I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah, because we know that she's a, a host, or therefore a robot, but they're programmed to act very similar to humans, so being shot and loss of blood and all that could cause her to go into shock. But right. it could also be something like you said, they could have put her in some sort of comatose state after they brought her in. And, and we also don't know if she's actually incapacitated to the point where like her injuries have made her paralyzed or broken bones. Well, or, or she's, she's not comatose. She's aware of everything that's going around her. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I just I, wanted to make that clarification. It, well, is she? Because, you know, we, we've seen people yeah. who've had their eyes open that can't move or do anything, whether it's... No, she's, she's tracking people with her eyes. She knows what's going yeah. on. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I mean it, it's hard to say because she's a robot, or her mind is robotic. Uh, if I was a human being, right, if, Eric, you were laid out on a table with your neck cut open and your shoulder cut open and, mm-hmm. you know, you'd already been shot, um, sort of like the man in black. I don't know how cognizant you would be aware of that. You, you made your eyes might track as a, as an automatic mm-hmm. function or, but how well you were processing and understanding. So I guess that's a possible argument. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure she knows what's going on because last week she was communicating remotely with, uh, Kichita. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. He was talking to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is a question of perception, right? Is how many, through how many eyes can she see simultaneously? Ooh, right. So creepy. If she's seeing, is she seeing through her daughter's eyes? Can she see what's happening in front of her? Or can, can she or do both? that with, with any, yeah. any, any robot? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so then- there's all, 
Because she can do the mesh. Right, well, yeah. right, so, or does she have to have made contact with them, whether it's just being physical contact, which she has done with her daughter, or just, you know, close enough to get that, that sort of peer-to-peer sharing thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's... So she's gaining more abilities somehow. Uh, I guess we'll find out next week. Yeah, and, I, and again, we, we voiced this before, I'm concerned as to how far they're going to go with her mm-hmm. because you now they can make her super powerful and then strip it away from her we know she doesn't have power over yet yet over awakened robots right so she can so just doesn't have power over a kitchen and if they they and certainly she has no power over people right uh but if all the robots awake or all the non-awakened robots are destroyed then her powers don't do any good. So that's a way to strip right. her of those abilities. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course they could kill her, they could reboot her, they could take the powers away from her. There's well, all sorts I, of stuff. I anticipate what's going to happen is that they're going to uh, be about to decommission her when all of a sudden her new unlocked core abilities kick in somehow and she miraculously uncovers. Because uh, we see her in the preview for next week. So I, I think it's... Oh yeah, that's the one thing I didn't do was watch the preview. Um, what... I still don't. These techs are idiots because you would just think yes, they would. Yes, they are. Yeah, because it's, it's very simple to disconnect somebody from Wi-Fi, and and you know then they wouldn't have to worry about her going on the mesh. So. Well, we well, don't know. To be fair, the system's a little more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could be right, but I bet you she's only Bluetooth. Oh. <laughs> yeah, morons. The techs, there's no doubt about it, and that's the problem. I feel every time I, I watch these texts, because first of all, they're all throwaway people, and except for you know Sebastian and Felix, and now they're even gone. And then also, I, I'm just expecting what everybody else is probably expecting, which is she's going to miraculously come back and all this other stuff. So it's like typical Hollywood crapola where there's a suspense, like, oh my gosh, you're going to die, and then da-da-da-da. You know, and it's good because I like the character. I, I wanted her to survive. I enjoyed watching her and the actress and, and the character itself. But it, it just upsets me that because it feels too obvious that that's the way it's going. And I want more suspense. You I want think. twists no matter how much sense they don't make. Right. Exactly. <laughs> We've learned this about you. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Even if I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just said it out loud. <laughs> That was a little hyperbole, if you ask me. But. I think I hit it on the nose. What do you think, Mike? Uh, yeah. I threw it off. You know. I guess. Bill says, go to hell. Yeah. That's what, that's what, I'm, think, that's what I'm thinking. But I, I decided to, to bite my tongue. Oh, come on, Phil. You can defend yourself. It's okay. Uh, well, uh, if I take a swing at you, you're allowed to swing back. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> it, it's just that I don't know. I, I mean, it, I guess Ford coming back. Not, not everything can be a twist. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> That's all. And something, something you have to be able to track the story at some point. And coming up on the end of the season is one of those points. Um, so let's move on to. Um, 
Oh, uh, oh uh, Dolores or Bernard. Yeah, all right, it was we'll, we'll save Dolores for last because she was the last thing in the episode. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, Bernard and Elsie are out and about, and uh, they leave in one of those uh, all-terrain vehicles. And Bernard tells her basically what's going on at the forge. And she's like, holy shit. Uh, and so they go out there, and Elsie sees a bunch of uh, soldiers that have been, uh, or a bunch of security guys. Is it security guys or hosts that they see? I don't even know. Well, you know, you know who she sees? She sees the ones that the man in black shot down is what I think. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. That's what I was Okay. I didn't put that together. Thank you. Um, So she sees that and uh, Bernard's like, they're all dead. And she's like, yeah, but they're armed so we can get ammo. Uh, (laughs) So she goes off to collect this. Oh, Eric, I think before that happened, though, didn't she say, weren't they talking about that even though the cradle is dead or destroyed, this place that they're heading to is another storage database of all the robots. No, they said it's of the guests. Oh, it's the storage place of all the guests. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay. And and there was a comment that was made that I did not like. Elsie says something along the line of, do you know how, how, what a host could do if they got their hands on that data? I'm sitting here going, no, no, I don't understand what a host can do if they had their hands on that data. Please explain it to me, because I don't understand what the big threat is. Uh, That's why there's a final episode. Yeah, so. And that that is something that kind of does tend to annoy me um, when you have, I understand the point of structuring series like this, of having a seasonal arc, uh, but sometimes you've got to let the cat out of the bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it feels like they're artificially limiting people's access to information. So just to get a big reveal in the last hour, as opposed to the second to last hour, third to last hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I, I was a little annoyed with that because I, I wanted more information. Uh, we haven't gotten it yet. But uh, so Bernard has this confrontation with uh, the Ford apparition in his head. And Ford's big. Basically tell him, Elsie's going to betray you. She's going to do it. You need to deal with it. Uh, and Bernard's like, I already hurt her once. I'm not going to hurt her again. And Ford's trying to influence him to kill Elsie. And he doesn't want to do it. Uh, so he has his gun where he throws his gun away and he screams, get out of my fucking head! And, uh, and at one point straps one of his arms to the steering wheel the vehicle and ports into his other arm and does some code adjustments and it was unclear to me whether does he see Ford after that? I can't remember. Uh, I I, I don't think so. It's unclear to me whether whether he successfully removed Ford from himself or whether Ford just decided to go away and leave him alone for a little while. I, I'm thinking it's it's that, but yeah. Okay. Who knows. Well, I, I think I think Ford is actually controlling Bernard even then, where because I, I don't know if he really cares. You think so? Yeah, I, I don't know if if first of all, I have no idea why Ford wants him to kill Elsie. Anyway, but second, I'm I'm thinking that Ford was maybe was doing a test. Maybe Ford wants to kill Elsie because Elsie is a tech. I, I mean, she has the. I imagine he's afraid of her ability, and she's from what we learned of her in the first two seasons, and from what Ford has said. I'm uh, not Ford. 
whatever, she's a really good tech. Mm-hmm. And so if anyone's going to have a good chance of shutting shit down and fucking up his plans, I imagine it would be Elsie. Mm-hmm. So she gets back to the vehicle and finds him strapped with one arm in a port. It's like, what the hell's going on? Uh, he's like, I had to patch a glitch. And uh, and basically tells her, uh, yeah, uh, I'll see you later. Te- the, the tech will... The, QA people will find you soon. And she's here, you son of a bitch. And he's like, uh, I'm sorry. Next time you can see me, do whatever you want to me. But right now I got to go. And he drives off. Uh, and not, not explaining to her. Uh, and, and I think that I, I don't know if Ford would not let him explain to her. Uh, but, but basically he, he, for some reason he can't tell her about Ford. So he can't explain to her, what's going on and why he's to her, even though he doesn't want to be. And so well, he's just, he basically just like for, for her safety, uh, leaves her there and removes himself physically. Well, I think if, and I could be misinterpreting this, but I know when I look at Ford, sorry, Bernard, when he wakes up on the beach uh-huh. and going through that whole 11 days later scenario. Right. Right. He's felt a little out of it ever since he came back with Ford in his head. Uh huh. And so I don't know that he's processing clearly, you know, yet another character who isn't quite all there. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why he's having trouble explaining things to Elsie. Mm -hmm. That, that would be my guess. Well, again, I, I also think Ford has a certain amount of influence over him. Like last episode, he pretty much commanded Bernard not to tell her what was going on. Right. And he complied. So I, what, what's what's unclear to me is whether the compliance is forced or voluntarily. Right. And we, we're, we're seeing this where Ford, again, had said in two weeks ago's episode... You know, oh, it's it's the future's all yours now. It's all belongs to you. It's your decisions. Oh, by the way, I'm going to download myself into your brain and be telling you what to do the whole time. <laughs> you know, so Ford's been a little little full of shit. So, so is is Ford now truly evil because he wants to have Elsie killed? Because that's that's murdering of a human. I mean, he's already murdered hundreds of people. I guess I was going to say, but, I, I, yeah, but I'm, yeah. But the question is, is he doing it because he's on the side of the robots and wants them to have justice? Yes. Okay, so Elsie, since she's not a robot, she's an enemy then. Right. Yeah. And if you kill one person, it's murder. If you kill hundreds of people, now you got a movement going. And we, are, um, and we also don't have Elsie's opinion, right? She, we, we don't know if she wants to shut down the robots and kill the robots and get rid of the robots because we've never had her feelings on the robots ever, to my knowledge, in the entire season of one or two. Well, the robots are killing people. She's a people. I think she's against the killing of the people. <laughs> that's fair. That's good point. And that's so fair. my guess is that and whatever, however she may think of the robots, I mean, she's used to working under their hood. I've never gotten the sense from her from the first season that she ever thought of them anything more like, if she likes them, she likes them the way a mechanic likes a car. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. You know, she does, and she's not really engaging with their personalities in the same way. She's she's really getting into anchoring with them. So, 
I, yeah. I think she's she's more than happy to shut them down uh, if she can. And, and bed Clementine if she could. Yes. Which she probably could. Because yeah, she probably has. Settle down, Beatles. Probably has. That's right. Settle down. Uh, well, that was something set up in the first season. I can't, yes. I can't fault Phil for that. That is sticking with the character. That's right. This is totally in bounds this time. Yep. So Elsie is stuck in the middle of nowhere, and and uh, Bernard's on his way to the forge, which leaves us with Dolores uh, and Teddy. Well, first of all, Dolores has a run-in with uh, Ghost Nation. Uh, Ghost. Ghost Nation says that they've been watching her, and they're still they're trusting her as the destroyer. And I don't know why I love that so much, but I really do. Uh, and tell her they've been watching her, and they know where she's headed, and they can't let her go there because that's the door to another world, and it's not for her. And she's like, "The fuck, it's not." Uh, and she kills a whole bunch of Ghost Nation people, and her posse takes some casualties as well. But I would say that Dolores wins that battle. Oh, and it, and it um, is the exact scene we see in episode one, is it? Uh, one? We see it partially from the point of view of one of the Ghost Nation hosts. Yeah, the one that... That ends up on the ground. Yeah, and we, yeah. See, we, we see that scene earlier. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. yep. yeah, I thought that was a cool tieback. Yeah, it was. And then uh, at the very end of the battle, uh, Teddy has one of the Ghost Nation in his sights, and then... Uncox his gun and lets him go. So even even though he's been changed by Dolores, there's still some base Teddy in there that's able to uh, resist a little bit. You know what, Eric? It makes sense too because, like we said, the point is in and so forth, right? There, point is in arrays. There's ghost things still out there. If you reset the pointer, he could become. Yeah. In other words. When you delete stuff, right? We, we've discussed uh-huh. when you delete stuff, you're not really deleting stuff; you're just deleting the pointer. Well, yeah, but his settings were modified, so that would be like your config file. Um, oh, yeah. That's so I, I, I don't know, like that's true. Uh, but uh, I'm just willing to bet that um, because he's uh, uh, awoken, even though she did change his code to the way that she wanted to be, that he's he's kind of changing back. Because of his memories and his own inner monologue, right? She changes settings, but he's still who he is, and he didn't awaken the way Dolores or uh, Maeve or uh, Akichita did. Right? He was he was woken up forcibly. Right, and the others, and he's the only one we've spent time with that I can think of that's been woken in that way. Right. right? So it took a while for this to dawn on those other characters. And then they were like, oh, and then they're awake, right? And we saw it gradually happen with, with me. So I think he he may have been... She tried to wake him up. She clued him in. She started him on the path. But he hasn't completely woken until now. And he recognizes that his core programming as to who he is is still there, and his settings aren't matching his core programming. She has made him into something he doesn't like, which, by the way, an awful lot of people can identify with that they have hooked up with somebody who has turned them into something they don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can't, because of the power she has over him, and he doesn't have the ability to change back his settings, I think that's why he does what he does. Mm-hmm. 
Right, right. And, and even though they changed his settings, he still intelligent to remember how he was mm -hmm. prior because his mind yes. wasn't wait what uh, I mean wiped. Mm -hmm. Right, and you, I mean there are things like if you had your settings in front of you, you may be aware that you have I don't know zero empathy. You can't will yourself to have more empathy. Mm -hmm. You may uh, he was he was given zero patience. Mm -hmm. You can't just will yourself to be more patient. Um, so he's kind of stuck with those settings, at least in the near future, and we don't know to what degree he can slowly modify it or change it over time through his behavior. So we end up with this scene uh, between Dolores and Teddy. They end up alone in this place, and there's this scene that's actually, uh, I thought it was effectively uh, where Teddy's talking about the old days and, and how she's always been his anchor and so on and so forth and uh, basically turns to the point where he says uh, she turned him into a monster and um, he can't let it go on and he pulls his gun out and she says you don't want to hurt me um, and he says, you're right, I don't, uh, I'll protect you until the day I die. I'm sorry, I can't protect you anymore. <laughs> Shoots himself in the head. <laughs> uh, and then we see, uh, Dolores's, uh, reaction to that. And there was a, there was a, what I thought was just a wonderful, uh, piece of acting from Evan Rachel Wood in this scene where, after he shoots himself, uh, she falls down. But the way she fell down, I thought she looked like a broken doll. Uh, and I just thought it was so appropriate for a, for a host uh, having a situation like that, looking like a broken doll. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, and I think this is another... I don't know if it's the director, I don't know if it's the season feel it sort of like I didn't feel Ford shooting his daughter. Mm -hmm. You mean uh, the man in black? Uh, Ford, yeah. I don't know why I'm calling everybody Ford. Because he's everywhere. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I, I can't, I don't, I don't, I did feel her pain, but I was thinking, and now I'm thinking about it and I can rationalize it this way, you know, that she again has those two personalities in her head and why it has been the dominant personality for much of the season, and this was a moment where Dolores was driving, was driving just as we saw happen with her father. Mm -hmm. But I think this would have been more convincing had we seen some moments of genuine affection between the two for the last nine episodes. Well, we saw one. We saw them have sex. I don't know there was a lot of affection. I thought there was. Yeah, I'm with Eric. I'm kind of with Eric on it. All right. I'm just misremembering, but... Um, so, yeah, Teddy is dead, um, and Dolores is dismayed. So... Uh, and this, of course, is we linking to a scene from an episode four, um, three, maybe five, where they found Teddy's body right on top of the pile of bodies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the original scene 
and where they find him floating in the lake. Yes. Um, so, yeah, he's dead, and apparently uh, he's going to end up in a lake, so I think Dolores is going to take his body with her. That's my only guess. Um, Was he clothed in the lake? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember. If everybody was, yeah, okay, yeah, they had. He, to. he was clothed in the lake. I don't think he was clothed when we see him later in the mesa, on the pile of bodies. All right. Um, but either way, he's dead. So, which we knew he was dead. From we knew he was going to die. We didn't know how. Now we know yeah. how. Now we know but how. we also don't know how dead he is. Right. All the robots can come back, as we know. Well, it I is. Think well, a, right. I think a headshot's different. Because uh, remember when Bernard uh, winged his uh, his mind egg or whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, he started leaking cortical fluid and was not functioning properly. I think if you shoot yourself square in the head like that and that bullet goes through your little mind egg, you're done. But has it gone through his mind egg? We saw the mind egg doesn't occupy the whole, the entire. It doesn't take the volume the brain does. His shot the, looked pretty centered. And, and well, the, but the bullet hits off the skull. It hits off the casing inside the skull. And the yeah, the uh, I, I could be wrong. I'm fairly confident he succeeded in killing himself. Well, and, but we also don't, and we also don't know how strong the casing around that. I'm still fairly confident he succeeded in killing himself. We'll see. We will. Yeah. I, I'm, and, and all I'm saying is, Eric, I'm not saying he's not dead. This could be the this could be the end of Teddy. Uh huh. I'm just saying that. There's a chance. You're just saying there's a chance. I'm just saying there's a chance. Sort of like just as there was a chance with Ford. Right, right. And for that matter, Clementine. She's back too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, anything can happen in this world. I just. It looks pretty conclusive to me. That's awesome. And to be honest, it doesn't matter because as we saw with Bernard, there's dozens of Bernards in a room. There could be dozens of. Angela's and me Eddie's, and Eddie's, yeah, you're, Eddie's and all Well, but except I think that with the Bernard, if you looked at the Bernards, weren't a lot of them damaged? I think so. I don't remember. Uh, so it's so I think it's those were Bernards, and he's Ford said in the first season after Bernard awoke, this has happened before. So I think this is where the cradle comes in: is that he has to destroy that model. And if the model is destroyed sufficiently that you can't that, the, that it can't be repaired and the egg is irreparably lost, that's when you download something out of the cradle. Well, now the cradle is gone. Right. So, and that, that that's the reason I think Teddy's gone, uh, or could be gone forever because if he got that mind egg, there's no backup. Right. And I think it's sort of going as a non-computer person computer analogy. Um, the like when you you can do a cold restart, mm-hmm. but the memories are there, right? You know, they they shut down and restart to clear mm-hmm. the blue screen of death, mm-hmm. um, and you can delete the files if you said, but the hour that you know you're just turning off the pointers, the memories are still there. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the whole point of the cradle is one of those I fucked up the system so badly I got to get those original program discs and rewrite everything and start everything over from scratch. Uh huh. So I think that's that's what that is, and that's, so I think those are just those backups that you get with the computer that you never actually end up using. God willing, mm-hmm. right? So uh, everybody's headed to whatever the hell they call it. Some people call it Forge, some people call it the Valley 
beyond. So the Ghost Nation calls it the door. Um, everybody's headed there next week. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see if the man in black uh, regains his composure enough to make it out there. Uh, we'll see if if Maeve, what happens with Maeve. I'm pretty sure she'll be involved because we see her moving around in a preview. Uh, we also see uh, Armistice and Hector, and uh, I'm not sure if Felix was in the shot or not, uh, but apparently they resurfaced for the finale. Uh, you know, Bernard's going to be involved. You know, Ford's probably going to be involved if he's involved. You know, Dolores is going to be involved. You know, Ghost Nation is going to be involved. So whatever the fuck is going to happen next oh, week, it's going to be big. Clementine <laughs> is going to be involved, as we know. Oh, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. She's going to play a major role because yeah. uh, they're going to take her out there to try and get all the hosts to turn on each other. Yeah, so, let me give credit to the actress who plays Clementine because she's had to play awesome. a zombie all season. Uh huh. And she's yeah, she's uh, what's her name? An- uh, Angela Sarafian, I think her name is. Right, yeah. and she's she's Sarafian. Yeah, she's not been asked to do a lot, but even just things like she was freaking creepy in in this episode. Uh-huh. I felt, you know, so. Oh I, yeah, I well, well, it was it was kind of because it's almost like super. Supernatural, right? Because she puts right. her hands slowly on the glass, and then all the robots stop moving, and then they start going nuts. And then she pulls the hand back, and the last survivor just drops dead. It was kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, it, it actually, you know, it does take some acting to convey no personality whatsoever like that. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she's still hot. Well, yeah. Um. Yes, yeah. So hopefully um, we see this big war or whatever it's called uh, in the scene because this next episode. Because besides episode seven, which was was crazy, um, this, this season has been more ex- uh, not exposition, but but uh, drama. I guess straight drama. Uh-huh. I guess, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be a big, another big action episode next week, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm banging on it. Yep. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Angela Serafian will definitely be um, big, because I, it didn't even occur to me until uh, you guys mentioned it earlier in this episode that she could be the one that just wipes out all the robots with that new power. Mm-hmm. So will Dolores survive, though? Good question. Uh, I'm. I would seem to think that if Maeve's ability could not work on her, then neither would Clementine's. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um. So what else? Did we miss anything else of note? In this episode, I don't. I don't know if there was I any. I don't other, think so. Yeah, I don't think there was any Charlotte or Stubbs or or anything like that. So, I think, yeah, I think we, we we hit all the spots. Uh, well, that's that's I, honestly, I I I don't like the Charlotte character, uh, and it's too bad yeah. because I, I like Tessa Thompson. I, I like her as an actress, but yeah. I I just don't like this character. She's she's uh, maybe just a sign of her being a good actor. Maybe you're supposed to hate her. Uh, but I hate her. I think she's a piece of shit, oh. and I want her to die. So hopefully that'll happen next episode. Oh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm you're sure. supposed to. Yeah, you're supposed to hate her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she, she's supposed to be a villain. 
Well, she's a villain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh yeah, and Eric. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he can like an actress or an actor. I mean, I like I like the actor that played Joffrey. He was awesome. Well, but, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can be a good actor and have people hire a character for doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ramsey Bolton. That guy. That guy was a great actor too. Yeah. So yeah, um, and she was doing a job because you hate her, <laughs> right? Or, or Tessa Thompson, I should say, is doing a good job. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens with, with those characters. I, I still want to know what happened to, to all of uh, Maeve's uh, crew. They all disappeared. We'll, we'll find out next week. Yeah, and what's his face? Was he even in it this week? The um, English guy. I don't no. think he was in it. Yeah, so he wasn't even in it either. Yeah. And it'll be curious to see uh, how Ford plays in, into this all again, too. Yeah, and I'm I'm at a loss at to what everybody's motive is at this point. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand what Ford's trying to accomplish. I don't understand what Dolores is trying to accomplish. I don't understand what Ghost Nation is trying to accomplish. Uh I understand what Charlotte's trying to accomplish, even though I'm not on board with it. And I don't know what Bernard is exactly trying to accomplish either. So it's a whole bunch of what the fuck. And I, I hope they stick the landing like, like Mike was talking about. They did it last year. So hopefully they'll do it again this year. But man, this is a lot of stuff to tie together. Um, well, let me ask you this about Charlotte. Um, maybe the reason she is a villain is simply for the fact that she just wants to get the hell out of the, the park. And this is the only way she can get out of the park is to be doing the things that she's doing. Uh, that's part of it. She's also uh, a power-hungry exec. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So technically, though, has she done anything unethical? Well, she probably done unethical. Uh, has she done anything evil or, or anything like that that makes her a true villain? Or is it more, besides her being a executive dirtbag... Has she done anything really that's been horrible? If no. we look at the the hostess robot, yeah, I, I I don't think so. But she, I, I think, but I, I think it's a matter of she's kind of spoiling the fun for those of us who were watching Westworld. Uh, we want to see people versus robots. She just wants to end the whole thing and leave. She's shown absolutely no empathy with, with any of the characters on the show that we like. Whether even they are, the, yeah, even human, you're right, Mike. Right, and I think, and that's the big thing, and even. Yeah. Like I think I liked her best in the, the first episode we saw her because she was fucking with Lee and Lee was a giant, giant dick. Yeah, right. Um, and we were happy, but now we kind we, well, maybe me has grown to like Lee a little bit more over the a little last bit. little yeah, nine episodes. She's better than Charlotte, that's for damn sure. You're, you're, and, sp- you're speaking for me too, right? Okay, so too. I'll speak for the three of us. We've grown to like Lee a little bit. He's certainly, you know, if only because, you know, he's, he's shown some humor. Uh, we've seen him go through some frightening situations, and he's shown affection towards other characters that we like on the show, like Maeve. So, um, and Charlotte's just interested in her goal. She's interested in herself. She's solely motivated by that. I don't think she's doing anything to anybody, necessarily, but she's not really going out of her way to help anyone either. She, it's not above her. She's she's so clear that she will she will fuck somebody over to get what she wants in a in a heartbeat. Right. Yeah, and yes. you know she's not out there trying to do anything to to help or rescue whatever guests right. still in the park. 
Right. She got what she needed uh, with Peter Abernathy to get the rescue team in there. And when stuff was all, well, I didn't know what was going on. She was like, yeah, dumbass. Why would we trust you with it? And he's like, well, I'm I'm the head of security. I'm supposed to keep things secure. How can I do that if I don't know what I'm securing? And she's like, yeah, good luck with your review. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, she is a scumbag. Yeah, so yeah. I hope bad happens to Charlotte next episode. And you know, and you know how we we know we none of us really hate Lee anymore because when I forget his name, I just call him Lee, or the Englishman. Now I don't call him mm-hmm. what, what Eric Stern. exactly. So we haven't called him that once in the past three episodes. That yeah, but now I say dude. I say douchebag now with with as a term of affection. <laughs> oh, and, 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 and to be fair. All right, we have not seen a lot of Charlotte. The same thing that happened to Lee technically happened to Charlotte if we spend time with her uh, and she showed some empathy and some humanity. I don't think that's going to happen. Right now, she's the faceless corporate bitch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, obviously, at first, we could probably empathize with her, which is... The company won't let me out. They're telling, screwing me over too. So I have to get this Abernathy character and whatnot. But by doing that, all the things she's done to get the Abernathy character has shown what a total SOB she really is. Yeah. Well, when they were out there in the park trying to retrieve Abernathy, that's all she was concerned about. Abernathy was being held prisoner with a bunch of humans. She didn't give a shit about the humans. She wasn't exactly. Abernathy. Yeah, she so, even left Stubbs back there. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, she's a, a schmuck. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, any other thoughts on this episode? No, let's wrap yeah. this up. Yep. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Sounds good. All right. So uh, I guess uh, Eric, you can give your final thoughts and what you think of um, what we saw in the preview because I missed the preview. Uh, it wasn't a whole lot. It doesn't give you a whole lot of clues. It just uh, you see some faces, including the ones I mentioned. So. I don't know what's going to happen next week, but it's going to be a humdinger. Right, very good. Um, yeah, for me, uh, I, I can't uh, speak of the preview because, I, like I said, I missed it. Uh, but uh, for this episode, um, I like it a little better since we've talked about it. Actually, if we remove the man in black stuff completely, I think the rest of the episode was pretty solid. It was really only the man that's in black like, stuff. That's like 60% of the episode. Yeah, yeah, and, and unfortunately, <laughs> because it, when I... That was the that was the only one that I really had any complaints with. The rest of the stories. So if you remove most of the episode, then you like it. Yeah, exactly. I like forty percent of the episode. That's right. Uh, so yeah, yeah that's what my feelings. Uh, Mike. Uh, again, I was really tired watching it. I was having trouble staying awake. My biggest problem was uh, was the Ford stuff. Uh, not the Ford stuff. Fuck them. Well, actually, the Man in Black stuff. Uh, I didn't like the way they, I didn't like the voiceovers at the beginning. I didn't, I thought it was an unnecessary flashback to show. I thought it over explained. I didn't really like the way this different storylines kind of were edited together. It felt like it should have ended about five times. Uh, That's actually true. Mike. They, they went to black a lot of times in this episode. Yeah. yeah, I was still, yeah okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and there were moments, and let me see if I can find it. There was one that just stuck out to me as maybe the worst writing I've seen on Westworld. Uh, which is when Ford and oh my God, the bar meet, and then as Ford and as William walks away from Ford, he says, "One more game." No, no William, <laughs> I, I, 
I think perhaps one final game. Yeah, and he, it's, said, it's he like, said that with no one there. That was too Yeah, I'll give that. And if he had said it to him when he was there, right. fine. Yeah. It was, it, yeah, it's just that you, you expect it to be followed by... He doesn't, wow. yeah, he doesn't even have a mustache to twirl. What the fuck? So yeah. that 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 was that was hands down. Now I don't know. That's in in defense of the writer of that line, half-hearted though it may be. Uh, you know, the writer might not have intended for him to say that uh, in that way, in that circumstance. Uh, you know. Not I, knowing I, think the, I think the biggest problem with the line is that he stood up and turned around to deliver it. Right. I think maybe, like, even if he kept the line, and if he just stayed seated at the bar and kind of set it into his drink, right. you, that would have been better than him, like, yeah. standing in attention to announce the line. Right, and that is a problem with direction. Yeah. Um, not necessarily with writing, although, honestly, I... When it was, I don't think it's necessarily a great line as written either. I think there there could at least be so much that I was like, you know, if he had said it as he walked away, if he didn't turn around to face him, yeah, mm-hmm. there's ways to say it. It still would have been, there's ways to do it that would have been less cheesy. But yeah, there were ways to make it better. They did it in the worst possible way. Right, but I could also say that if you were reading this with minimal stage direction, mm-hmm. right, and it just says, I don't know, whatever he said, goodbye, Ford walks away no i think perhaps one final game i it's it's hard that the, the way that it went in screen is exactly how it would read mm-hmm. so it, it, it's it's not it's uh it, it, no i bet that line hit me the wrong way too yeah so yeah so i am i am hoping that uh the next episode's better although uh, phil do you know the ratings for this episode um you mean the, the viewership yeah, um, it's it's it hasn't been released yet because okay. uh, it's always released um, two weeks instead of every one week for some reason. Um, the the last week's was one point four four million. Was, uh, and that was was that that was an uptick or downtick? That was an uptick because they had some really low ones in the in the middle of the the season. Uh, I, it, I, believe it or not, even episode seven, which was awesome, was wicked low. Yeah. I always remember uh, way back when Next Generation aired, no matter how good of a season they had, there was always like one episode that just sucked. And it was inevitable that that was the most highly rated episode of the season. Mm -hmm. Right, and then people would stop watching the other And they're like, oh, yeah, I gave another shot, and it sucked. Yeah, I know, you missed the one before, you missed the one after, you picked the shitty one! (laughs) And I'm just wondering... Like, I've just got this bad feeling. Oh, maybe it's almost the season finale. Let's take a look and see what's happening on, whoa, they've gone downhill. What was with that line as he walked away? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, uh, the, the Native American episode, Kikus, Kik, Kikusa, uh, 1.44, or uh, however you pronounce it, 1.39, Phase Space was 1.11. Uh, so basically... Episode six was the lowest version of finale. Yeah, and then episode seven, which was awesome episode in my opinion, was was the second lowest rated in the season. Which was seven? Was seven Uh, the big gunfight? Everybody's going crazy. Angela blows herself up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And then, uh, yeah, and then then they had that weird one last week with Ghost Nation. You know, that, yes, you're a complex individual. What do you mean? Because you generally say you don't like action movies, and yet any episode of Westworld that doesn't have action in it, you poo-poo all over. Well, the reason th- this this was a different this was the one that happened two week, three weeks ago felt like Dread the movie or or something crazy like that <laughs> or Upgrade where where everything just goes nuts and, and uh-huh. that's awesome that's awesome. Uh-huh. But all the action in this has been it's TV action and it's spare used sparingly. It's mostly still character motivated. It isn't just Right. Like the, the issue I have with action in a lot of movies today is that they can t- do a five-minute car chase, and it takes 20 minutes. Right. Or, or like, you know, the, the Avengers, not the, this last one since I haven't seen it, but the the the, uh, the first one that I saw, it was like that 30-minute battle at the end, or, or Mike complained about the, the Star Trek one with uh, Cumberbatch, where it had a 30-minute ending. You know, that mm-hmm. stuff bores me, but this was like drama plus violence plus action all together type of thing. So it was like it well, meant something, I guess. If you want to see some kick-ass action scenes, watch The Incredibles too. It's I'm amazing what you can do when you don't have to worry about physical objects. I'm planning to. I'm planning to. We were gonna, I was supposed to watch that today with my, my daughter, but instead we visited my father, and uh, so we're going to do it next weekend. Uh, if I want to watch, watch kick-ass action scenes, I'll watch John, John Wick 1 and 2 again. Ah, uh, those are also kick-ass action scenes. Yeah, those are good. Um, oh, the, the the Bruce Willis scene in Lupa, where he goes nuts, that was a good action scene, too. It was? Yeah. Oh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, I loved the, the action scene at the beginning of the, the battle. That was awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, so, so there's a lot of good ones. Upgrade. The when Matrix. Can, the Matrix. No, I didn't like that one. What? I, I, I That's like it. That. You're kicked off your own show. Well, I've already told you why I don't like that movie because uh, and you're wrong. You, you use cows. There was no reason to use humans. <laughs> cows are bigger, Nobody so they have more energy. Ever, ever thought that? Well, you're wrong. I was you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. When I was in the theater, I was thinking that I go the cows because they bell. were saving the people. They were finding a use for the people, so they didn't have to destroy the people. Hey. Yeah, so that makes no sense. It's frightening to think that the robots of the Matrix have more emotional life than you do, Phil. Oh, jeez. It was, but I'll just ignore it. Shots fired! Defend yourself, Phil! God damn it! That's the second time tonight you've been attacked! I'll tell you why I won't defend myself, Eric, because I wasn't even listening to him when he said it, because I was I was thinking of I was thinking of other cool ass so. Let's wrap this shit up. All right, so let's wrap this shit up. Oh, all right, we're so, talking two hours about an hour-long episode. All right, sounds good. So um, I guess uh, we can wrap it up. So, Eric, why don't you lead us out? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in with us talking about episode nine of season two of Westworld. Come back next week. We'll be talking about the season two finale. Bye.